Welcome to ERM Perspectives, the show dedicated to credit union enterprise risk management. If you're interested in hearing perspectives on enterprise risk management directly from the people who do ERM at credit unions, you've got the best seat in the house. I work with credit unions every day so they can have their ideal enterprise risk management program. I'm your host, David Seibert. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of ERM Perspectives the podcast dedicated to credit union enterprise risk management. I'm your host, David Seibert. And today I'm very excited to have Gavin Landless on the show to talk about his ERM program. Gavin is the vice president of risk management at a large New York credit union. Welcome, Gavin. Thank you very much. I really appreciate being here. I'm really happy that you took some time out of your day to to spend some time with me and talk with us and share your knowledge with our listeners. So first of all, I think people are going to pick up right away on your accent. So let's get to know you a little bit better. So tell us a little bit about your background and what you've done to lead up to your current role that you have today. Okay. That's true. My accent's from the UK. I came over here about 24 years ago now. So I'm trying not to lose the accent, and apparently I've been successful so far. Happy about I think that. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have been working in IT-related positions now since I, pretty much since I came to the United States. A little bit of time in retail and other things, but basically IT moved into the information security field as quickly as I reasonably could because that's always been an interest of mine, and that continues to be my main trajectory of my career today. I consider myself an information security professional, not necessarily an ERM professional, although I seem, seem to be being steered in that direction. And that's quite okay. So my trajectory into that area, once I was an information security manager at a regional bank in upstate New York, I got into the credit union space, thoroughly enjoyed it, became VP of risk management about three years ago in my current position which brought not just information security, business continuity, vendor management, physical security, and all that stuff under me, but also BSA, Bank Secrecy Act, anti-money laundering, and fraud. Learned a lot there. They're not my areas of expertise, but thoroughly fascinating and obviously very risk-based. And also the newly developed at that time ERM program became mine as well. So... I am now the the VP of risk management and I'm responsible at least operationally for all of those different areas. Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. So thanks for sharing that with us. As you and I have known each other for several years, my background is information security and IT as well. So it's interesting that we have that in common so we can talk about those things. So from that description, it sounds like you have quite a few other functions reporting to you? How does that work? You mentioned like BSA and AML and I think business continuity. Tell us what all is in your purview. Yeah, that's correct. So I have a team of about 12 people, three managers working directly for me. And then each of them have about teams of about three people too. So that's the hierarchy that I'm working with. One of my managers deals specifically with fraud and physical security. Hmm. 
another of the managers deals with the BSA, AML, OFAC side of things, all that regulatory fun. And um, another of my managers deals with information security, business continuity and vendor management. He actually holds the position that I came from. That's the structure of how it all works. And that's the breakdown. That's a big group. Is that, was it structured that way specifically when enterprise risk management came around or were they always, was, is that always that way at the credit union? It was always that way, but okay. they weren't always reporting to one VP. So they've been brought together under the one umbrella, which is actually really helpful. It's given us a, an ability to understand all of those risks in one area, whereas they were spread about before. So one thing that's not unique, but I think important is that the information security in all of these different areas report up through HR and the administrator of what's her name? What's her position? I should know this. She's my boss. Uh, the uh, chief administrative chief, officer. Chief administrative officer. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Which I think is useful. We deliberately set ourselves aside from IT and the chief information officer reporting structure, which which allows us to be have much more of an oversight role over what they're doing rather than being beholden to them. So I right. think that works really well. Well, and then ERM tacked onto the top of all of that. Yes, it was. It, I don't have a manager that deals with that. That's my baby, basically. <laughs> but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's really interesting to pull all those threads together into an ERM program. Yeah, that's interesting. Thank you for sharing the structure because I know that's, I think the listeners are going to really appreciate knowing how different credit unions are structured because it can be structured so many ways. So I can definitely see the advantage of how you have that put together. So thanks for sharing that. So let's keep diving a little bit deeper into the program. Let's learn a bit more about it. Is there anything unique or interesting about the program and, and how long has it been in place? I think we covered that already, but what's unique about it that you want to share? Yeah, good question. It's been in place about three years. I've been over it directly for about two, two okay. and a half of those years. What's unique about it? That's a good question because I don't work anywhere else. I don't know what other <laughs> ERM programs are structured like necessarily. Good point. But I think one thing that that we have done quite well is really spend a lot of time on the key risk indicators. The vast majority of the time that we spent developing the program was spent in workshops with managers around the credit union truly understanding what their risks are and how to explain those risks in preferably some kind of numerical format, yeah. get those into a dashboard, which is made, it's given us a really strong foundation in our ability to report to management and to the board on exactly where things are. Yes, I'm, I don't think that's unique. I think every ERM program has to have that KRI reporting structure, but I think it's something that we were right on understanding that we really had to get solid. And I think for the most part, we've achieved that. Having That's said great. that- I'm, I'm a big fan of key risk indicators. So it's uh, really like hearing that's a major part of your program. And is it, was it working well? Is it strong? Yeah, I'm not, I was about to say, having said that, we, one thing we also engineered in is an ability to change those risk indicators mm. as the business changes. So it's important that we don't feel like we're locked into specific thresholds on a risk indicator. It always turns from green to yellow to red at these places, and we can't, we can't argue with that. That, that would be a broken program, in my view. Yeah. 
we have to be able to add new risk indicators as the business changes or we go into new areas or the environment that we're operating in changes and maybe retire things too as we find that they just don't have any relevance or, or aren't giving us any value for whatever reason. Yeah. So I think that's good. And I like that we've managed to build the program that way. Good. Yeah. When you talk about the flexibility of your key risk in indicators, just to repeat this back, you're not necessarily changing the thres thresholds. It's you try and stick with the threshold, but you're saying you can add new ones when it's appropriate, delete them when they no longer become useful. Is that right? So your adjustments yes. aren't necessarily in making sure you get red, greens, and yellows. It's more about swapping them in and out in and out as necessary to make it relevant yeah actually it's both we okay. we knew that we weren't necessarily going to get it right the first time oh gotcha and if all our kris for one business area are always green and are always a very long way off being yellow does that mean that, that particular department is working incredibly well and has a very low tolerance for risk or does it mean that our KRIs are actually not really that useful and not telling us anything that the business needs to know? Um, I tend to think it might be the second one and we need to make sure that we're measuring the right things and also bringing them to people's attention at the right point in time. We don't necessarily know when that right point in time is immediately. So we have to be able to adjust all of those parameters as we go. Okay, good. Yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for that uh, clarification there. Anything else about the program? Like, have you thought about maturity level of the program where you feel you are there? Are you working towards anything or? Yeah, that's a good question. Maturity level, I would say we're probably at about a, on a scale of one to 10, I'd put us at around a four. Okay. And that's that <laughs> doesn't yeah. sound particularly great, but oh, that's good. Uh, I think an ERM program is a bit like a bottle of scotch. It's not... <laughs> It's not necessarily going to be its best just sort of two, three, four years in. I think it takes a long time to mature it and really get it to where it needs to be. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that we have a lot of work still to do, but we need to be aware of that. I think one of the main areas where we could improve our maturity is that even though we have a functioning ERM program and we do report to the senior management and the board every quarter and we gather all these KRIs and we seem to have a good process, I'm still not convinced that it's yet being used as a critical tool by senior management or the board to either understand emerging risks, deal with the risks we have, or being used in their strategizing. Hmm. So the fundamental reason for an ERM program is not just to check a box because regulators think that credit unions of our size should be in ERM, but it should have some function that makes the business stronger, more resilient, more, more able to make good strategic decisions. Yeah. And I don't think we're using our ERM program in those ways yet. And to be honest, I'm not sure exactly how we're going to get there. That's part of the journey that we're on. Right. Yeah. As you mentioned, it's three years old and I totally agree. It's a journey and it does take some time. And certainly what you just described would is how you would describe your maturity level as a four. And so I think when you probably get to that point where you're seeing more value out of it, that's going to jump your maturity level pretty good right there. I think that would be a pretty good indicator of the maturity level is how well management is using it for strategic decisions, as you've said. 
Absolutely. Yeah. As okay. soon as a senior manager comes to me and says, hey, give me your latest dashboard. We need to make a decision. Ah. I will be jumping for joy. That will be the day when our maturity level has increased significantly. Well, thank you for adding that anecdote, because I was going to ask you, how, what makes you feel that it's in this state? Is someone coming to you and saying, we're not quite at that level yet, we want to be there? Or is this just your assessment of the program itself? It's totally in my assessment of the program itself. Okay. I know that per our policy, we get all these KRIs together and report to a, a committee of senior leadership once a quarter. And then the minutes from that meeting plus a subset of the KRIs go to the board. So I know that senior management and the board see the output of our ERM program on a regular basis. My sense as to how much they're using it or not really just comes from, am I getting any questions when I'm not reporting? No, I'm not. And the interaction I've had with the board so far has been a lot of very good salient questions asking why things are done in certain ways. But it's hard for me to get a reading as to whether or not it's truly important for them or they just see it as another thing that they need to. Yeah analyze and then we're trying to move on from in a yeah. sense and i may be doing them a huge injustice if i am sorry board members <laughs> let's hope i am in a sense but, uh, board members would usually tell you that sort of thing so it, absolutely they're not yeah. shy they're a pretty good bunch good. oh good that's good that's very helpful let's talk about what are some of the strengths what are the strengths that you feel you have in your ERM program now that it's three years going what would you say is working very well I think one of the strengths is the way that we've designed the KRIs. We have a two-tier system. What we have is a, a primary KRI dashboard and a secondary KRI dashboard. The primary dashboard has, I think, 16 key risk indicators on it, and the secondary dashboard has 23. So we tried not to have hundreds and hundreds of different indicators. That's so unmanageable that it's too granular and doesn't really work at senior leadership and board level. Um, but enough variability that we can hone into different departments and areas as we need to. We've, what I like about the two-tier system is the KRIs tend to be very closely related. So we have a KRI, a primary KRI addressing compliance, just very specifically, do we have any major compliance concerns or risk areas in the credit union, green, yellow, or red? easy enough. And if we can just tell the board green, no major compliance issues, they're probably okay with that. However, at the senior management level and the operational management level, we spell out with a secondary KRI specifically which areas we might be having some compliance related wrinkles with. And that's very useful. So I don't want to say we can shield the details from the board, but we give the board what they need to understand whether or not we're doing okay or not doing okay. And management and Dan can then look and say, okay, this is why we're a green, but we're looking at this particular area or we're yellow for this reason, or we're red for this terrible reason. Hopefully we don't have too many red things in compliance. No, we don't. But if we ever got there, we would want that to be front and center. So I like that the granularity is it's provided to the level of the teams that need to know about it and not to everybody. Well, that's that good. Yeah. Sense. Thanks for sharing that. It makes sense that you could bifurcate that rec- reporting and at least someone is seeing the detail, but the board doesn't have to see that detail 
But of course, if the board asks, management's ready to answer. So I think that's Absolutely. nice. Absolutely. Yeah, the answers are on hand. Another thing that we found out very early on when we reported to the board was even that high-level dashboard doesn't necessarily give an overall an overall sense as to whether or not we're doing okay. And we found that a verbal summary statement to go along with the dashboard went a very long way. So it's good to send them a dashboard with some nice colors and stuff on it. It's even better if we can provide a paragraph just to say, this is what we're looking at. This is where we think we're okay. Any questions, basically. That, that gives them a real warm, fuzzy sort of confidence feeling that we don't just have a bunch of numbers for them, but we've interpreted them in a sensible way and we've distilled down exactly what we think they need to know. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good to know. So every time they get a KRI report, they get a good verbal description of kind of what they should be reading into those reports. So it's not just looking at charts. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's not three pages of verbiage. It's just literally a paragraph or two. Okay. Good. That's great. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Worked really well. So, you know, so this is a great program you've got going and I know it's, it's takes a lot of work. It's an, a difficult endeavor to build an ERM program. So what do you think some of the hardest things that you have to deal with when you build or run an ERM program? And if you have some examples, how have you dealt with those difficulties and overcome those? Yeah, that's a great question. We have, I, I think none of us really truly understood how complex rolling out an ERM program would be initially. We actually went through three different consultants in our journey towards having an ERM program. And in, in a way, that's that was pretty valuable because we got three different perspectives on how it might work. And we learned from that very early on that there are probably as many different ways to do ERM as there are programs out there. Yeah. We could certainly get too granular and in the weeds, or we could get so high level and not in the weeds enough that it wasn't useful. Or that, so there's all that sort of learning experience as to how ERM works and how to make it work in our environment. Um, but I think the main thing that we maybe misunderstood initially was just how much time it took it would take to involve all the different managers in the credit union work through those multiple hours of workshops to tease out what they were doing what their risks were how to describe those risks enterprise risk management it's in the name it's enterprise wide but i'm just an i an information security guy i like to hide behind my desk and tap away on my computer all day so it was it was a big change for me to get out there and be speaking to all the different managers and really learning the wider scope of the business good for me definitely but it, yeah. it got me out of my comfort zone making that happen right yeah i think that's well that's great experience for an individual in any role to be able to have a purpose to go out and talk to everyone at the credit union and really get to know how it operates. <clears throat> I used to actually think that when I was in IT information security, I got a really good view of the organizations I worked at. But when I got into enterprise risk management, that was, it multiplied. To me, that was my experience. I don't know if you feel that way too, but <clears throat> great opportunity to get out there and talk to people. Absolutely. Yeah. I know something about information security. Don't ask me about liquidity or credit risk or something like that. <laughs> it's <laughs> foreign languages to me. One, one thing I didn't know about the KRIs too, we very purposefully arranged them per the seven NCUA oh. areas of risk, credit, liquidity, 
reputation, strategic and so on. So that way, when the NCUA comes in and examines us, we're speaking the same language they are as far as how those risks are organized. Mm. And I think that will prove to be useful. I think that was a good strategy for us. Yeah, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. So I've heard three audiences then. So you've got your board, you've got a management group that you mentioned sees like more details of KRIs. And now we've heard about the regulators. So are they a regular, do they just see that when they come in for an exam or, or how does that work? Yeah, that's correct. So the NCUA come in once a year and they look at everything pretty much at that time. Yeah. And uh, the ERM program is one of those things. Yeah. Good. That's great. Uh, is there anything else about you or your ERM program or your credit union that we haven't covered yet that, that you want to talk about? One thing I'd say is that at the very beginning of the conversation, when we decided that we needed to do ERM, the initial conversation was, okay, so which platform should we use? And we were looking around for GRC tools and we created a budget and all that sort of stuff. And the very first consultant that we worked with said, actually, hang on a minute. Don't worry about the tools. Worry about how you're going to create the program. Um, get your risk appetite statement right understand what risk means to the credit union and, and how you want to operate in your environment. A bunch of spreadsheets are okay to start with. And he was absolutely right. Um, I think it's a false presumption that an ERM program has to run on Archer or some incredibly expensive platform. <laughs> you yeah. could drop $200,000 and not necessarily have a better, a better program for it. We might have more slick reporting and we will probably go that way at some point with some more slick product. But uh, yeah, don't figure out the tools first. Figure out how the program needs to work for your organization first and then find the tools that help you get there rather than let the tail wag the dog in that respect. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. That, that makes sense. I think a lot of people can learn from that. Are you? Do you have an idea in your future where you might adopt a tool or are you still just working through it manually right now or do you have an eye for a date we're still working through it manually right now and that's another one of the reasons why i think our maturity is around a four out of ten collection of the kris today is still very manual i have to go to individual managers and send them emails and bug them until i get numbers back from them that does need to change we need to be at a position where people can self-report or numbers get pulled automatically from systems and there's a sort of real time dashboarding rather than once a quarter dashboarding so all of that will come how quickly i'm not sure i would love to say in the next two years or so but we shall see that makes sense well it does make sense that you're learning with the manual process before you automate what is difficult. Yeah, I, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything else coming up that you want to share or I cover it? I think it does. Yeah. Unless you okay. have any other questions. Lastly, before we wrap up here, do you have any advice for our listeners regarding enterprise risk management? And that can be whether how to get started. We certainly talked a lot about that today or anything else, what they ought to focus on, what they ought not to focus on? Any kind of last words of advice that you have for some listeners? Yeah, quit and open a restaurant. 
No, I'm joking. <laughs> I hear the restaurant business is pretty tough. Yeah. I really enjoy ERM. I really do. It's an area where I did not expect to get so much out of it that, that I did. Again, because I had to talk to so many different people, because I had to learn the business at a whole different level than I thought I already knew it. Yeah. So I, I think my last piece of advice would be make sure that whoever's running the ERM program has that sort of sense of excitement either they're already an expert across the company or they're very much prepared to be they get risk at a philosophical level they understand what the, the the wider goals are and that can really help the team avoid disappearing down really twisty long rabbit holes when mm. necessary because mm. we certainly were in workshops where we get so honed in on one specific risk or way of looking at whatever tiny f detail of their, of their department that, that we can get hung up on something for an hour and a half and it actually have very little value. Yeah. So you, you definitely need that person who can pull back from those situations, yeah. keep the wider perspective going. Working with a consultant is extremely useful because that can be the person that says, hold on people, I'm not sure that what we're, the direction we're going here is relevant or are we sure that this is where you need to be talking about? That would be my advice. Keep the bigger picture in mind always and give yourself time. Don't think that you have to build roaming today because it ain't going to be built in even two or three years. Right. No, that's great advice. I think that's, that's really good advice when you talk about who is in that enterprise risk management position, because there is, there's definitely a lot of unique stuff about ERM and one of those things is facilitating those meetings to make sure you can say, hey, let's take this offline. This isn't relevant to this meeting. Let's move on. And I, as a consultant, play that role quite often. As you've mentioned, it's very helpful to have a consultant do that. But it doesn't take long for someone like yourself to pick up on that too and learn it and say, I know when we're heading into the wrong direction and getting into the weeds and it's time to pull out. So that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. That's good. Absolutely. Yeah. And there has to be sort of an element of speaking truth to power. You're not necessarily yeah. going to have the CEO or the senior manager doing that job. They don't have time, but whoever does needs to be able to have the ear of senior leadership and the board to some extent so that when they say, eh, I'm not sure about this, they're taken somewhat seriously. Right. That's a great point. Speak truth to power. So I appreciate that. Gavin, this has been great. So thank you so much for spending the time and it's been fun and informative and I'd like to have you back again soon. How does that sound? I really appreciate the opportunity, David. I'd love to see where this podcast goes for you. It's wish you all the best. It's super exciting what you're doing and uh, yeah, it's been great. Thank you so great. much for the opportunity. Thank you, Gavin. And to the listeners, thank you for listening to this episode of Ear and Perspectives, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. That's all for today's Ear and Perspectives. If you enjoyed the show and heard something useful, please do your friends and colleagues a favor and share this podcast with them. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Please contact me if you'd like to be a guest on this show, or if I can help you or someone. I'm David Seibert, and you can find me on LinkedIn or at my website, davidcybertconsulting.com.